This is the Champagne and Socks podcast. I'm Elisa. Grab a drink, take a quick break, and let's chat. The Garden Project, or Project Cobra as it is known in our house. I have to tell you that I cannot believe that I waited this long to actually tackle our garden. I moved into this house, my husband already lived here, about three and a half, four years ago. He is not interested in gardening, he doesn't actually care about the back garden, and it has remained a barren wasteland hellhole of sadness and despair for all this time. Sometime in September it really began to annoy me, and I had a plan drawn up, then I wanted to get started. For various reasons to do with project management, I couldn't do that, and then January the whole project kicked off again because I was able to find somebody to help me build the patio extensions that I've put in and to do the paving and those were the two sort of really big stumbling blocks and in prepping the ground for the paving I was able to get the whole backyard bobcatted so a vehicle came in and ripped out the top layer which was a weed invaded grass that was really unpleasant and allowed me to sort of start from scratch again. I've still kind of had a dust bowl for the last month, month and a half because there was just sand out the back but I have just been hell to leather to get this garden done. I want it done by the end of February and I don't care that this is the heat of an Australian summer that's pretty hot, pretty dry at the moment. I just want this done. The idea with the garden is to create as close to native environment as possible. It used to be a wetland area where we live before it was developed and what they do over here is they clear everything and then they add a one metre sand layer on top before they start building to separate the ground from the groundwater level. So whether or not we could actually recapture wetland in this area or not remains to be seen. A friend I used to work with back when I worked for the Department of Environment has drawn me up a beautiful landscaped garden using natives or in as close to endemics as we could get for the area it's quite a coastal area so there's also a lot of dune sand it's pretty hostile and very little grows in it so I'm hoping that we've picked the right plants and that they will thrive under these kind of alien and hostile area the other thing that my friend has designed is an area that's interesting for the baby to wander around in and explore and play, something that's sort of visually interesting with varying areas to look at from open space to shrubbed areas, lots of trees. I wanted a lot of trees to come in and a very small lawn area because I want to be able to have an activity area for the baby to play and also to do water things. So really at the moment what I've done is I've mulched the whole area that's not been planted. I still need to kill off the grass along the edges of the property which couldn't be ripped out with uh, the bobcat. But we've moved in probably about five cubic metres of mulch at the moment and I've started to plant as I can source plants. So I have to go to a lot of native nurseries rather than commercial nurseries to find the specific plants that I want. They don't necessarily have them in stock, which is going to annoy me because I'm going to have to go back and find things later in the year and put them in or deviate from the plan. And a few species that my friend put in, my coastal nursery guide doesn't really recommend. So I've kind of tried to substitute as close as possible for colour as well because one of the things I wanted was 
a pretty garden with flowers and a lot of our natives are quite green evergreens and a little bit harsh looking so she's tried to put in different color flowers and so on and so I really wanted to replace like with like and I wanted my trees in as quickly as possible I didn't care if I had to hand water them all the time in the summer because trees grow in summer and I want trees and shade really quickly and I know that that's completely a ridiculous thought but I go out there and have a look at my trees to see if they've grown at all. So that's where I'm at with the garden project. A couple of quick wins to tell you about from this week. I feel really proud of myself because I fixed my hose problem. We've had a hose problem for quite some time and for some really ridiculous reason I have been waiting and expecting my husband to fix my hose problem because the garden is a guy's domain. However, we've already discussed how the garden is not my husband's domain and I remembered that I actually have an engineering degree and in fact half my engineering degree is civil engineering degree and I certainly can have a look at connections and figure out how to fix my hose problem. In fact I had several hose problems but I fixed all of them and I now have a gorgeous hose connected to the tap, connected to a windy thing that I had to put together and then add connections to, to connect a small part of the hose to the tap, to the connectory thing, to then my hose and then I bought myself an exceedingly fancy sprayer for the end of the hose. No more will I have sore fingers trying to water in a spray across my garden. I have about eight different modes now. I'm very proud. Uh, I remembered that I can actually fix things. Girl power. The other thing that I did this week is I made a path. I had quite a few bricks left from the old patio. I had a very small patio that got ripped up for the paving that I've now put in. Some of the bricks I've used to pave under my brand new fold away washing line, which is very snazzy. I've used that this week and quite enjoyed it. That didn't need to be my fancy white pavers. So I've just got these red bricks that was the original paving. And then I had quite a significant number of bricks left over from being ripped out that I needed to disappear into the backyard. I didn't particularly want to figure out how to dispose of them and I quite like the idea of having some paths meandering off to the various areas in the garden. So I went and made this path. It's about four-fifths done. I ran out of time and I haven't been able to get back into the garden uh, for a significant period of time this week to actually finish the path. I wanted it to be whimsical. I kind of wanted it to have a cobbly feel. I wanted it to feel like it hadn't been laid precisely and that maybe it had been there for a while. And I kind of wanted it to disappear into the unevenness of the garden with the mulch that's there. And that's pretty much what it looks like. Oh my God, making a path is so much fun. I loved laying the bricks. I loved filling in with the sand to lock it all into place. It felt very satisfying and I'm quite enjoying it. My favourite bit, as well as the meandering and the whimsy, is that now I don't get sand in my feet when I pop out to do a quick water of the garden. Loving it. Sad to report that it is really hot and I had been following watering guidelines, both from my friend and from the coastal nursery guy, of watering once every two days and things were just starting to look sick and then die. Double checked with my friend in case watering more might 
be bad. Some drought tolerant species don't like to be overly wet, but no, no, I need to water more. So I am actually watering the trees really, really well five minutes each of just the hose on them in the morning and the night and they are starting to pick back up my poor beautiful silver princess eucalyptus tree dried out it was very very sad she's starting to come back and my paperback is starting to green up around the edges again so hopefully by next week these will be bouncing back rest of the garden's now perking up a bit as I am watering more yeah it's time consuming but it's also a nice opportunity to get the baby out from inside the house wander around look at things I quite enjoy watching when I'm home and it's not something that I have to quickly fit into my day somewhere. That's my garden. I'll have some photos in the show notes before and a current maybe and I'll be able to update you next week. You've been listening to the Champagne and Socks podcast, a twice weekly podcast of all things craft, dropping Tuesdays and Thursdays. Join the craft circle and tell us what you're working on this week. Email me at champagneandsocks at gmail.com. Or find me on Twitter as Champagne Socks. I'm over on Ravelry as Girly Jones. Finally, photos and links for this episode can be found in the show notes at champagneandsocks.com. Speak to you later.